Hey everyone, I'm Justin Fiedler and this is Dirt Tracker Conversations. It takes a ton of courage to step out of your comfort zone and chase your dreams, and it takes an immense amount of courage to strap into a 410 powered sprint car. Tori Knutson knew at a young age that she wanted to race sprint cars against the best, and she slowly worked her way up the ranks. 2020 has been difficult for many, but she stepped out of that comfort zone and joined 410 competition full-time this season. She took on weekly competition at Knoxville Raceway and has made starts with the Word of Outlaws, All-Stars, and IRA. She joins this week to talk about her journey, dealing with the haters, realizing her dreams, and more. Check out my conversation with Tori Knutson. Tori, do you run, I know you've made a ton of World of Outlaw starts and different things like that, but do you run a track like weekly or do you have like a regular place that you race at? Um, so I've been in the full-size sprint car for 10 years now and that whole time we have never run weekly or called a certain track home necessarily. Um, but this past season, the crazy COVID season, we actually made our first attempt at running um, weekly and we actually decided to run weekly at Knoxville Raceway. So we kind of went big or, or went home, I guess, so to say with that one. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, it took some getting used to, but honestly, I really enjoyed uh, the consistency of the season. And I think we're gonna, we're gonna do that again next year, run Knoxville weekly. What, what do you like about being able to run somewhere weekly like that versus kind of traveling around and hitting a bunch of different shows? Um, mostly just being able to, able to build on, on the progress. Um, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love traveling and, um, seeing different tracks and, and making friends all over, all over the country. Um, but it's, it's hard to, uh, keep momentum going. Um, I guess, so to say, I mean, you learn something everywhere you go, but, um, especially this season, I noticed, you know, night and day difference every time we hit the track. Um, and I mean, for the most part, Knoxville is pretty consistent with how they have their track um, conditions. So um, just just being able to see that progress every week and um, be, being able to make those little adjustments and see, you know, the changes that they make because we're running the same place every week was um, really, really cool to see. I didn't realize how you can change something so little and then go and do the same thing that you did last week with that small change and how big of a difference it can make. So um, we learned a lot with just by being consistent and, and keep showing up every week. For those people who don't know who you are, you know, I, I am, you know, pretty tied into the sprint car world and, and have kind of, you know, kept an eye on you for the last couple of years. And, and you know, I, I've got, you know, kind of all of your stats and things like that. But for the people that don't know who you are, give us an idea about kind of your, your you know, your story coming up and, and how you kind of got to a sprint car. You know, did you did you start in karting? Did you start like in an outlaw cart? Like, you know, what was that kind of start for you? Yeah. So I am born and raised in Monticello, Minnesota, and that turns out is not sprint car country. So the fact that I ended up, you know, in the sprint car world like I am now is kind of, uh, I don't like to, you know, use the word luck because I think a lot of hard goes work, hard work goes into people being lucky, but I was really lucky to be able to meet the people I met um, throughout my racing career. I, my dad raced modifieds ever since, you know, before I was born and he got me started into flat carts when I was four years old. So right off the bat, I'm, you know, super grateful to be able to start when I was that young. Um, and then it, it wasn't any special kind of go-kart program we had going on. Um, basically, we raced during the afternoon, and then my dad races modified at night. And it was just kind of, 
you know, keep us busy, keep us out of trouble type of thing. And then, you, you know, um, lucky enough to meet somebody that had, you know, information on a wing cart when I was 11. And there's this track, Thunder Hill Speedway out in Menominee, that was getting up and going and, um, you know, close enough to home where we could go race there every once in a while. And we gave it a go and I fell in love with it because, um, you know, um, my dad actually made the mistake of parking next to a sprint car team when I was four years old. And <laughs> I, I took my first look at a sprint car and I said, dad, I want one of those. So, you know, ever since I was little, I kind of had my eyes set on the, the sprint car rather than the modified. Um, so we, we did the, the wing cart when I was 11 and then we raced that for a couple of years and then met somebody that had a micro and, um, was willing to give us a good deal on it and, and help us with that. So we got to the micro when I was 13, raced that for a few years and met somebody with a 360 for sale. So, um, it's kind of crazy how all the, all the cards played out for me in that way. Um, it's. It's been kind of a crazy ride because, like I said, um, my dad was really good at modifieds, um, very knowledgeable on that aspect. But the whole sprint car thing was was and still is very new to us. So um, we've uh, we've been keeping at it for ten years, and and you know now we're at Knoxville Raceway, and that's that's kind of in short how you know how I got to this point. Do you remember the first time you jumped in that in that three hundred and sixty, and and how it felt? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I remember, I mean, it was in the moment, it's kind of just like, you know, you're in, you're in, you're focused in, in, on what you have to, what you have to do. But I do remember um, climbing in and they pushed me to staging and I took a second. I was like, wow, like, this is what I've always wanted to do. Like, at that point, all of my dreams have come true. It was, you know, um, pretty surreal feeling. And I, I like to, um, you know, take a step back from everything actually pretty often and just realize like how grateful I really am to, to be able to have, you know, opportunities like that. Um, whether it's a 360 or even when I was racing 305 there for a few years, like we got to race at facilities like Jackson Motorplex, which is, you know, one of the nicest facilities in the Midwest. And, um, you know, I might be in a, a 305 and it might not have been my best night, but um, you know, we got to be the opener for the World of Outlaws, which at that time was a highlight of my season. So, um, yeah, it's really cool to have moments like that. How quickly did it take you to kind of get comfortable in a sprint car, kind of making that jump from, from micros and things like that, uh, you know, before you felt really kind of good and, and kind of knew what you were doing in the car? Um, I mean, to be honest with you, the wing cart really, I think, sets a lot of drivers up for, you know, being able to drive a sprint car well just because well the racing is so competitive in wing carts I mean it it really is I think and I wish I could still go back and drive a wing cart just a few times just to keep up on my skills because it's so competitive and you really have to be up on the wheel um so like going into the 360 and the 305 um it wasn't I mean, there's always a learning curve. At first, I definitely was like, oh my gosh, what did I get myself into? <laughs> but I mean, you, you pick up on it. And when you really want to do something, you, you pretty much do whatever you have to do to to get there. And I was determined to <laughs> make it work. So uh, I wasn't going to 
you know, try it once and, and, and let that dream slip away necessarily. So I think that had a lot to do with kind of busting the learning curve. Um, but, you know, it's, and it's kind of, because I mean, I just look back at this year and I remember telling my dad um, with the 410 at Knoxville, I was like, dad, I feel like I'm relearning how to drive a sprint car. Like, what are we doing? You know, kind of a thing. Um, so yeah, the, I guess the, the sprint car racing up here, not that it isn't good or competitive by any means, because there's a lot of talent up here, but we also weren't dealing with the kind of horsepower that most people are around the country. So that definitely um, helped ease my way into the sprint car world is not necessarily dealing with 900 horsepower under the hood <laughs> right oh. off the bat. Yeah, I, I want to get to your 410 transition here in a little bit, but first, uh, you know, as you're coming up in, in 305s and 360s, what are the tracks that you're running up there? Um, so I actually started at Arlington Raceway, um, which it, literally, actually, I grew up there. I started my kart racing career there. That's where my dad raced modifieds. Um, and then I also did some IMCA 305 stuff there, too. Um, and then Cedar Lake has quite a few sprint car specials over in Wisconsin. And then uh, Jackson Motorplex, we actually hit quite a bit. And um, we went up to Grand Forks and Fargo a couple times too. So we kind of just bounce around. Um, literally the closest weekly um, sprint car racing to us is Knoxville. So, um, you know, up until this point, we were just racing where we could when we can. Um, me and my whole team both, you know, all have full-time jobs. So, um, some seasons we raced a lot and some seasons we'd be lucky if we got 10 shows in and and that was that's just kind of the downfall of not having somewhere weekly to go wait when you say you raced a lot what was what was a lot back then when you know are you talking 20 30 shows how many shows are you talking about oh man not even honestly i a lot to me was like 18 shows um that was the most i had ever done up until this year and i think this year we had 20 or maybe just short of 22 shows possibly um so which is crazy because considering with you know COVID and everything that it was my biggest season um it was you know again I feel really lucky that the 410 racing really really thrived during this um I guess that's one of the benefits of racing with people who race for a living is is they want to race so um the fact that this was the year we decided to go all all out 410 racing was kind of a, a benefit um, in a roundabout way. Who do you kind of rely on as you're, as you're coming up for advice? I mean, is it just dad or are there other people around you that you can kind of go to for questions? Um, yeah, so my dad is a huge part of my racing program. I mean, he has, he's been there literally from the start. So we communicate very well together. Um, and, you know, when I explain what the car is doing, uh, he usually can understand what I'm saying without any question. And when he's telling me what I need to do on the track, it makes sense to me, you know, and I can adjust my driving from there. Um, all of us kind of had a learning curve <laughs> uh, coming to Knoxville. Um, we knew it wasn't going to be a walk in the park racing there because just the talent that's there. Um, but that was a humbling experience. So <laughs> we did recruit in um, some extra help. We have a guy named Brad that helped us He's helped us literally every weekend. He actually builds my wings for me at Hawk Wings. Um, and he's he's been going to Knoxville for a long time. So um, we, we kind of, 
asked if he'd come on board and, and help us out this season, and he has. And it's made a world of a different difference just with having his prior knowledge of, of Knoxville and, and 410 racing in general. Um, we not only did we – it was this pretty much the first time that we've run Knoxville Raceway, but it's 200 more horsepower than we've ever had. Um, we had a brand new car. <laughs> like it was a lot of things just going together. Um, so having Brad there to help me and my dad, you know, in on a little tips and tricks, that was, that was really helpful. And then um, my sister is also a huge part of my team. She's, I think only missed one race this whole year. Um, and she's, she's kind of just there for anything I need, but especially moral support and, and she tightens my seatbelts and, you know, just all the little things that just add up to be a lot. So when you're not in the sprint car, you, you said you have a full-time job. What else do you do? Yeah. So it's nothing fancy. I am a forklift operator in a, in a warehouse here locally. Um, I work 40 hours a week, mostly give or take it's end of the quarter right now. So we're really busy right now, but, um, yeah, I just, uh, that, that helps me keep the car on the track and, you know, ultimately my goal, obviously, I mean, I think it's every sprint car driver's goal is to go on tour with like the world of outlaws or the all-stars and, you know, I'm only 25, so that's what I'm working towards still. And, and you know, driving a forklift around Monday through Friday is um, what I got to do until I get there. How do you kind of balance work and, and, and going to the racetrack and trying to make sure the car's ready? It's hard. <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. There is some times where I do get really overwhelmed, especially in the middle of racing season. But, um, again, I try and just step back and, and try and find the positive things in the different seasons of, of the year. Um, I'm grateful to be busy during racing season because there is, has been times where, you know, I haven't had much to do because I wrecked a car and I either couldn't afford to put together a new one or we're waiting on parts or whatever. So like this year, you know, racing as much as we did, I was grateful that we had a car, you know, ready to go every weekend that we had a car, that needed to be worked on so we could keep racing. And it wasn't something like we wrecked a car and we have nothing to do now. So, um, and now things are slowing down, which <laughs> is really sad because all my friends are out there still racing. But, um, you know, I, today I told myself, you know, like there, there were days where you out working at midnight and you wanted to go to bed. So at least, you know, I got, I got a little more free time right now, I guess. So I just try and find the positive and in every season, I guess. Tell me about now this transition from, you know, some 305 stuff, 360 stuff into 410 competition. You know, why do that now? And, and how has that been this season? Um, I mean, ultimately, that's what I've wanted to do from the get go. I'm, you know, I want to, I want to race with the world of outlaws and the all-stars and, and Donnie shots and all the big names. Um, and the opportunity presented itself and I I knew I would regret it one day down the road if I didn't, you know, at least try. Um, and a lot, I get a lot of um, comments about trying, I guess, to put it nicely, um, because, you know, every, somebody's got always has something to say about anything. So. How, how does that like, you know, how, how do you kind of handle that stuff? Is it, you know, is it social media comments? Is it people at the racetrack? You know, do you just try to ignore it? Like, you know, how, how does that stuff kind of happen for you? Yeah. So the mean comments, I mean, I just pretty much 
everybody's entitled to an opinion and I don't necessarily have to like it. And if it's something I don't like, then, you know, I just tell myself that's their opinion. That's what they think. And ultimately it doesn't matter what they think because their opinions aren't, isn't what's going to go out there and drive the car for me. It's, it comes down to me and how hard I'm willing to work. So, um, I try to be very, you know, self-aware of, you know, my operation and what I've got going on, but also in the end, their opinions don't matter. <laughs> so when you talk about preparation, what are things that you do to, to be prepared to get in the car? You know, are you watching dirt vision videos and flow videos to kind of see tracks? You know, what does that look like? Yeah, I watch, I watch almost every single outlaw show on dirt vision and I watch a lot of all-star shows on flow too. Um, I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos at Knoxville. Um, if I'm not racing myself, I try to be at the track as much as I can. Um, you know, Jack going racing at Jackson on Fridays is really hard. Um, you know, working full time and then also trying to get a car ready to go to Knoxville. But there's a lot of times where I'd still go and watch and just help out, um, teams if they need it. Um, this weekend, I'm actually going to Williams Grove for national open as a little mini, mini vacation, long weekend type of thing. Um, just because every time I'm there, I learn something new, whether it's, you know, using baby oil on the car versus mud off or just the small things are really what adds up to having a, a well-oiled machine of a program, I guess. Um, so that's, that's one thing I, I, I do try to do often and, and not only sprint car racing, but I, I've gone to a few midget shows too and, and non-wing shows. And I just try to, you know, be a sponge and soak up as much knowledge as I can, because I do still have a lot to learn. I mean, us as a whole team have a lot to learn yet. So um, that's where being self-aware comes in play as I, I realize I have a lot to learn. So I'm, I'm just out there trying to learn as much as I can. Um, and then we do do a lot of maintenance throughout the week. I really believe that um, you, you can't like races are one in the shop. So um, we go through the car completely every single week, um, you know, between motor maintenance and car maintenance and then tire work and then trailer maintenance, you know, it's, it all takes a lot of work and it all needs to be um, fully functioning to, to run a program like that, especially at Knoxville. Give me an idea about racing at Knoxville. You know, I actually just talked to, to Jamie Ball here not, not long ago, and, and, you know, it's just like such an iconic place. But what, what does it mean for somebody like you who is such a sprint car fan and, you know, this is what you want to do to be able to race at Knoxville? Um, it's, it's actually really hard to describe. And it's, um, you know, other than it's a dream come true, really, um, you know, like I said earlier, I don't necessarily live in sprint car country. <laughs> it's, um, it's big, big modified country up here. So um, just, just being a sprint car fan alone, and, and racing up here for the majority of my life, or majority of my sprint car career, um, there's people that I've looked up to that have never gotten a chance to race at Knoxville. And, and some of them will never get a chance to race at Knoxville. Um, you, you know, despite how talented they are, it's just not in the cards for them. So I just, I feel really lucky that it was in the cards for me and that I do have a chance to, you know, um, I guess make a name for the people that, that, that do race up here, that, that is possible and, and try and just be a, 
role model, I guess, so to say, that you you can, you know, start at the lower ranks of sprint car racing and, and work your way up to, to Knoxville. And it's not easy. It's it's really hard and it's been really humbling, but it is possible and, and it, you don't have to have a million dollar operation to do it either. As you kind of look back over the season that you've had up to this point, you know, what are things that you want to do better or things you know you need to do better in the race car to, to perform better on a nightly basis? Uh, be smooth. <laughs> Knoxville, um, I mean, everybody knows it's the technical track it's a really big track and you carry a lot of speed um what stuck out to me most is even the tiniest mistakes can can mess up a whole race literally and you know i didn't necessarily think i was you know a real squirrely driver by any means i mean i have been racing for a long time so i i don't think i was necessarily all over the place but i definitely was not as smooth as i need to be or as smooth as anybody needs to be to race at Knoxville, uh, especially in a 410 with the kind of, with kind of speed that you're carrying there. Um, so we worked a lot on that. I've, that actually has been my main focus this whole past year is just being smooth and letting the car drive itself, tucking your elbows in and just, you know, trusting the car and trusting the maintenance you put in every week. Um, I, I don't necessarily or haven't in the past anyways thrive on big tracks. I, I really like the small bullring racing because I, I just like the elbows up aggressive racing. That's just has been my style anyway. So I really had to adjust that being at Knoxville and having some patience uh, doesn't necessarily come naturally to me, but um, we're working on it. And, and I think that is going to be a huge um you know, goal for next year too is, is being smooth and patient and, um, you know, put again, putting a lot of maintenance and, and work into the car itself to make it a smooth ride too. You've made some IRA starts this year. You may, you know, you've got some all-star starts some more of outlaw starts. Well, what's it like being out on the track with those guys? It's, it's kind of surreal. Like I said, like I try and focus at the task at hand when it's presented to me, but you know, when the night's all done and I, and I look over at Bill Baylog, he parked two cars down or, or Kyle Larson parked across the, the pit way for me. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is just crazy. Or you're at Dingus and, and, you know, Tony and Casey are in there buying everybody drinks. I'm like, I just raced with them. Oh my goodness. Like that's, it's really cool. Or like, it, it really sinks in when I go to work on Monday and, and they're like, I saw you race with Kyle Larson. Oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, I did. He's a really cool guy. You know, his family's really nice. And they were like, he talks to you, <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, I mean, you small talk, I guess, if, if you want to call it that, but they're like, oh my gosh. So it, that's when it really sinks in. And, and what really makes me realize like, you know, um, you know, just how, how cool of an opportunity it is to race with people like that. Do you have like a career highlight up to this point? Do you have a, a race or, or, you know, maybe a, a season or something that stands out in your, in your mind as something that, you know, was really good for you and, and maybe, maybe vaulted you into a next thing? Um, yeah. I mean, I guess for me personally, and it might sound kind of, it's kind of, it's not like huge by any means. Like I've, I've won track championships and rookies of the year before and everything like that. And, um, you know, throughout everything in the sprint car, go-karts and, and stuff like that, but it isn't necessarily an accomplishment that sticks out it, but 
mostly the first World of Outlaws show I made. Um, I wasn't even full-time racing 410s at that point. It was two or three years ago. Um, and then after that year, we went back to 360 racing just because that was, you know, more that's off, beside the point, but um, anyways, it was my first 410 World Outlaw show that I made, and we got to do the four-wide salute at Cedar Lake, which is my favorite track, and uh, the fireworks were going off, and I got to see my name on the big screen just by chance, and I was like, you know what, maybe I do belong here. Maybe maybe I can do this, and I guess that's, that was also kind of the turning point of, um, you know, my racing career when I decided, like, I really want to I want to give this a go and see how far I can take this because I think I can, you know, take it a lot farther than what I have so far. Well, what's the fan response like when you're, when you're at a racetrack, do you have, you know, kids lined up to, to meet you? You know, what does that kind of look like when, when you're kind of traveling around and going to places or, or you know, or being at Knoxville? Yeah. It, um, you know, I am lucky to have a really loyal fan base. Um, you know, whether it's on the internet, on Facebook or, or at the track, there's all sorts of little kids that are, are you running up from giving me a hug and, and, and a lot of adults too, that are, you know, want to come shake my hand and, and say, you know, thanks for being out there. Thanks for the show. Like, I love what you're doing. Um, good luck. It's, um, we do have quite a line after the races. Um, and for that, I'm really grateful because I know, you know, just for a lot of drivers in general and, and, you know, not just, not just the girls, but a lot of guys too, they don't always get that kind of encouragement, especially if it's, you know, a tough season or, or what have, what have you. It's, um, I feel really lucky to have the fans that I do and, and the, and the support behind me. I, I don't know if you've thought about this at all, but do you have any, any, any ideas or thoughts behind why there aren't more women drivers? I mean, it seems like you could probably count on one or two hands, like across the country, how many actual female sprint car drivers there are. Do, do you have any idea why that is the case? You know what? I, I really couldn't tell you. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to funding, to be honest with you. Um, there's this, I don't know if you'd say stereotype or, or, necessarily thought in people's head that women drivers just naturally get more sponsorship and that it's easier to get sponsorship if you're a woman. And that is far from the case because at least from what my experience, um, not everybody's going to take you seriously when they see the blonde hair, blue eyed five foot girl walk in their office and say, hi, I'm going to go race with the world of outlaws this year. Would you like to help me? You know, I mean, and that's putting it very, very blunt. Obviously, that's not how it goes. But I, I think that's the main issue. Um, also, 25-year-old girls at, at this point in their life might have different goals than, you know, say, I or like Natalie Decker or Paige Polyak, for instance. Um, you get to a certain point in your life and and you decide, you know, what route you want to take. And um, maybe, maybe some, some women just decide that they, they want to take a different route and that's totally fine. But um, I, I think a lot of it does come down to funding and not honestly, not just for, for women, but for guys too, because there's a lot of talent in the, you know, lower, lower ranks of like 305s or even go-karts and wing carts. And um, they just can't, they don't get to the, you know, 360 or 410 sprint car point because there just isn't the, the funding isn't there 
Have you got an opportunity to meet other uh, other female sprint car drivers? You know, Aaron Crockers or or you know Paige Polyak, those like those. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I race with Paige quite often. Um, she's a really cool girl. She actually lives not too far from me, <laughs> so um, that's cool. And then um, you know, I race with McKenna at Knoxville this year, and and Jace Lynn in the three hundred five class. Um, Harley White was at Knoxville quite a bit this year, and Alex Hill. So um, it was really, really cool to see all the women at Knoxville this year. And um, like I said, the COVID season sucked, but it brought a lot of really cool aspects to the season as well. Um, and then at PRI every year, I go to the uh, International Women in Motorsports um, booth and, and we have a little autograph signing there with Melissa. And um, I meet a lot of you know women drivers from all, all aspects of racing. Um, Julie Natas and drag racing and Brittany Zamora and um, Haley Deegan and, and all those, you know, cool chicks too. So uh, it, it is really cool to, to meet the other girls that, you know, have the same interests as me. Are you done racing for the year or do you have more things on your schedule? Yeah, unfortunately we are done racing for the year. We actually just pulled the motor out of the car and that's off to get freshened. And we've pretty much got everything tore apart at this point. So I'm going to, go to Williams Grove this weekend and see all my pals and watch some good racing. And then that'll probably be the last race I'll be at, um, for the year. And then how much work are you going to do kind of through the off season? Are you trying to call sponsors? Are you working on the car? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to do a lot of work. I do. So I do all of the like PR social media stuff for my, my racing. And then I also do all of the sponsor work too. So I've been, I've already been full force, um, sending out emails and, and thank yous and, and, um, trying to make new introductions without PRI this year. It's a little different. So there's a lot more emails being sent out and a lot more zoom calls, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, that's constant, you know, even through racing season, I'm constantly sending out sponsor emails and everything, but this is prime prime season for that. What, uh, have you guys talked about what your schedule is going to be for next year? Are you going to do more of the same or do you have other plans? Yeah. So I think we are going to run Knoxville weekly again. I mean, we just, we really enjoyed it there and, um, the trip is basically worth it. So it's a five hour drive for us. Um, and then we just, we stay in Knoxville for the weekend, but, um, it, it's been proven to be worth it. And I've become a much better driver just in the short season that we've had. Um, racing there so we're gonna hopefully continue to, to grow off that and um, see see where it can take us and then we'll do the shows like Jackson Nationals and then I'm praying we can race the Outlaw show at Cedar Lake this coming year we weren't able to do that this year but um, the, the and the bigger shows like that like and hopefully we can go to Grand Forks and Fargo again too. Is there a track that you've seen on Dirt Vision or something like that that you would like you just absolutely want to get to? Everybody thinks I'm nuts, but I want to go to Peebly so bad. Nice. Peebly is a fantastic racetrack. It, I, I don't it, blame you for that at all. It, it, I know it can be absolutely wild, but honestly, like I said earlier, I love that aggressive style racing. So I think I'd have fun there, even, you know, even if it wasn't my best finish or whatever. I think it just looks like a lot of fun. Is there other types of cars you want to drive? I mean, would you jump in a midget or, you know, what, what, are, are there other things that you're interested in trying out? Absolutely. I'd get a midget. I mean, I'll, I'll race anything at any time. 
just putting that out there. Um, I, I love racing. I'm a huge racing fan aside from that. Um, I've always thought it'd be really, really cool to get in an off-road truck just because those look like they're just wild. <laughs> um, but I mean, my heart really is at with the sprint cars and you know, uh, I've always wanted to drive a 410 sprint car and I'm kind of living my dream doing that right now. So, um, yeah, I, I love what I'm doing, but I also wouldn't ever turn up any kind of a, any kind of a race car either. Well, I appreciate you taking some time for me today. Are, are there people that, uh, that you want to thank people that we should shout out here before we, uh, before we close up? Um, absolutely. I mean, obviously I wouldn't be able to do any of this without, um, without all of our sponsors. Um, it's, you know, our main sponsors are Minnesota Native Landscapes, Jerry's Towing, Evenson Enterprises Racing, uh, R&W Welding, Arai Helmets, Butler Belt Seats, Kaiser Wheels, and Brenton Companies, and GT Transport. Uh, those guys keep me on the track, and, you know, a lot of them have supported me even when it didn't necessarily pay off for them in our short season, so... Uh, we appreciate them and then my whole team my dad my mom my sister brad and everybody that supports us along the way it's um you know i have to be patient as a driver with a car but it's not always easy to be patient with the driver <laughs> that you're trying to work with either so they don't necessarily have an easy job and i thank god every day that they stick with me so where uh, if people want to keep up with you on social media where can they find you yeah, so I have a Facebook page. It's Tornado Tory Racing. And then I am on Instagram. It's at Tornado Tory 14. I'm also on Twitter. It's at Tornado Tory 14 there as well. Is there Tory merch anywhere that we could go find? Um, there, there will be soon. I'm actually setting up a shop while I'm in Williams Grove. So perfect. Um, I'm sold out of almost everything right now. But once we get the shop set up, I will be restocking shirts. Perfect. Well, I appreciate you taking some time and, uh, and good luck going forward. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on your show, too. I didn't know much about Tori before this conversation, but I have to say I've gained a ton of respect for her after chatting. Like so many racers, she grinds through a full-time job Monday through Friday just to get an opportunity to race on the weekends. She knows it's an uphill battle, but with the support of family and friends, she's working hard towards achieving her goals. You can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, visit dirttracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok.